0: Tina Carter katoa. Nō kere aho, Ko Hukunui Open Brethren tuku ahi. Ko Barry Stevenson-Rou. call Jocelyn Windsor huku mātua. Ko Luke tuku ingua. Evening, Church Whānau. As has been said, my name is Luke. I'm a member here of the Hamilton community, most notably here at Hukunui Bible Chapel. And it is a privilege to be here with one of these night services that we get to celebrate once a month. I was asked to speak to you tonight on one aspect of how we can grow spiritually. In short, growing spiritually is how do we become perfect by God's standards as we seek to love God with all our being and love our neighbours. But is perfection possible? No, not without God. And when will God do this? Well, the good news is it's already started. To those who are yet to believe He's tugging at your heartstrings. And to those who have received Christ, congratulations, you are saved. Your eternal place with Jesus is guaranteed. But wait, God would still like to use some of this time to do a little more work for you and for others. And besides, he is going to finish his masterpiece at his second coming. We see these truths and promises of being saved, hope in the future, and grow through trials. And the words of 1 Peter 1, verse 3 to 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who, by God's power, are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in last time. In this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And more commonly quoted, Philippians 1 verse 6 and 9 to 10, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent. So be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So, in the meantime, how do we grow spiritually? Jesus and his spokespersons in the Old and New Testament speak on many different ways. In Acts 2, verse 42, the church grew together through fellowship through devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread and prayer. There is emphasis on practicing spiritual giftings, such as service, teaching, hospitality, generosity, or manifesting the fruits of the Holy Spirit, such as joy or suiting up in the armor of God. Mentoring, fasting, lamenting, and singing also take importance. One of our founding fathers, Paul, he like he encourages all of us believers to do, told his mentee Timothy not to neglect his giftings, but to practice and maintain them. Why? 1 Timothy 4, verse 15 to 16. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers you may be surprised that this practice of these things may well be the difference between a victory and a defeat for both you and those around you. So which of these methods of spiritual growth are we actually going to talk on? None of them. You can all go home, actually. Um, We instead turn to the practice we all know how to do and enjoy doing. But often we don't, we often fail to take the full advantage of this opportunity. This is the practice of celebration. Not commonly referred to as a spiritual discipline, its practice and habit formation nonetheless is important in our journey with God. New Zealand has recently been blessed to celebrate a number of these occasions. We have Easter, Waitangi Day. We have Prince Philip's Funeral. We have Anzac Day. We have our term and semester breaks. Woo! As well as a few recurring funerals, engagements, and weddings. There's a few of us there. What is the significance of these festivities for us and for God? Celebration with a focus on God is an opportunity to, one, remember, and two, be thankful for Christ. If you have the opportunity to celebrate, is God a part of this time? A number of our Hukunui Bible study groups have been examining the life of King Solomon, Israel's third king, the wisest man who ever lived, and was blessed with great riches and peace by God. Despite these things, he was silly and neglected to, one, remember, and two, thank God throughout his lifetime. He certainly had moments of greatness, but spiritual growth is a lifelong practice, not a few moments, and you can't then rely on it to see you through the rest of your life. Have you heard the proverb, seven days without prayer makes one week? One moment in Solomon's life, when he and Israel got it right, was the construction of the temple in Jerusalem. God said, I will dwell among my people. I will be close and bestow my blessing on them. And so when Israelites finished the temple, Solomon invites all the leaders, all the people, and even the foreigners to Israel in Jerusalem to its dedication. It is a grand celebration. This festivities last about seven days. There is music, teaching, prayer, worship. Solomon leads a number of speeches to glorify God, to bless the people to remind people of God's promises and his warnings. And God responds to his people. In fact, on the first day, his presence as a cloud of smoke, fire, and glory fills the temple so that the priests cannot minister to him as is their purpose. And it ends in First King 8, verse 66. On the eighth day, he, Solomon, sent the people away and they blessed the king and went to their homes joyful and glad of heart, for all the goodness that the Lord had shown to David his servant and to Israel his people. This celebration had it all. The people remembered God, his words, were thankful to him, and there was a witness to this event. But Solomon didn't continue to practice, one, remembrance, and two, thanksgiving. And his life became dangerously less effective for him and for God. Of note, this morning here at Noi, we heard from our brother Mikey, as he brought to us a message on the character of God, particularly around perceiving him as both perfectly loving and perfectly holy. You can find this passage in 2 Samuel verse chapter 6 on the transport of the Ark of the Covenant. The father of Solomon, King David, and the Israelites made a mistake in remembering how to God was to be respected. But they learned. They remembered. Celebration with Thanksgiving followed, and this story is a witness of us as to how to learn about God to this day. This is why I encourage us to celebrate with a desire to, one, remember, two, be thankful. Yes, you're going to hate me for that, by the way. So in quick passing, what do these habits look like? To remember is an opportunity to recall the truths about God, refocusing our perspective on him. God is why we're here, my family. Christmas can be often an excuse to spend big, yet Jesus is the reason for the season, as the saying goes. Waitangi Day can be seen as controversial, but did you know that at the dawn service, even the politicians and emergency servicemen were quoting Bible scriptures, singing worship songs on live TV, and before the day's festivities at Waitangi had even begun? And when God rested on the seventh day, he set it apart as holy, making Sabbath for man and not man for the Sabbath. We learn throughout Scripture that God, Jesus, encouraged the disciples to remember. they memorize songs, stories, Scripture, especially God's promises. He teaches us to revere them. Perhaps King David and the Israelites would have remembered how to honor God and transport the ark without needing anyone to die. Perhaps Solomon would not have worshipped any other gods if he had remembered. And in fact, in Deuteronomy 17, verse 18 to 20, God instructed the kings of Israel that each of them were to make a copy of the law and to meditate on it day and night. Did he remember? And the people of Israel were not exempt. When Israel celebrated, a significant part of this was the instruction of the next generation and those around them. When they asked, what does this mean, mother? or asking them, Do you know why this is important that we celebrate this, my son? It is an opportunity to teach, to bless, and to warn. And as we see in Psalm 78, verse 1 to 8, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them. The children yet unborn and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hopes in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation a generation whose hearts are not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. So I encourage you guys to be remember, Use these opportunities to remember God's blessings. Pass these truths on to children. And for those who are single or don't have children yet, to fellow Christians and non-Christians, friends and colleagues, tell others in your community how you last celebrated and why you celebrated. And secondly, Celebration provides us with an opportunity to be thankful, a chance to be grateful for what God has done for us in the past, plus what he's doing in the present and the future. Colossians 3 verse 15 to 17 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God and whatever you do and word or deed to everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. God is worthy to be praised. I am sure that when God filled the Jewish temple with fire, smoke and glory, a number of the Jews recognised that he was worthy of praise as they quietly pissed their pants. For us, Jesus died to save us from our sins, ascribing to us, to himself, Praise for all eternity. Here's the reason we can celebrate daily, weekly, and at each event. I've been diagnosed with depression, and for a depressed person, let alone anyone, one of the best things we can do is go for a walk. And while we're walking, name all the things we can be thankful for. It breaks a cycle of negative thoughts that we often focus on, on the issues we face, and it instead points us to what is good. God knew that when we focus all our mind and soul on him, that the other issues either fade away or become possible in his strength. You may know this common reference to thankfulness and peace in Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about everything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. So I encourage you to make rejoicing a habit of your walk with Christ, and to again remember. Done. That's it, people. This is what God has laid in my heart to share with you today about growing spiritually. Our Christian festivals, national holidays, weekly church services, and weddings, etc., are all these opportunities to practice celebrating for our Lord God to form habits of this remembrance to Thanksgiving. I do believe Mother's Day is next. I warned you. And I pray that as you repeat these steps, that they keep and grow you all the days of your life until Christ can call us home. So now let us celebrate. We have come to a time of communion. And it's an opportunity that Jesus himself instructed us in to grow spiritually. Jesus explains it here in Luke 22, verse 14 to 20. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this part of a meal with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. As he himself said, communion is a time we remember Christ's loving, albeit haunting, sacrifice. By a broken body on the cross and the shedding of blood, Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sins and the adoption as children of God. We celebrate God's wondrous gift as a church family together by the eating of the bread and the drinking of this juice. In doing so, we actually unite with Christians across the world, across the ages, who have done this since Jesus first taught them. And we will continue to do this until and into the kingdom of God. And as we read, Jesus himself will not take the bread or the cup again until we, the church, his bride, as he poetically names us. Join him for the feast, the marriage feast of the lamb in his coming kingdom. Revelations 19, verse six to nine. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out hallelujah for the Lord our God almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lord has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, "Write this: Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb." And he said to me, "These are the true words of God." So thank you, Church. nui, for Maria. And tonight, communion is going to be done a little differently. It is organized into three tables around the room. Um, you are more than welcome to, in your own time. To go up to the tables, take bread, take juice, either come back to your chair, at the table, take it, go somewhere else to take it. And while the band is going to be playing a little bit instrumental, spend some time with God. Bring your hearts before Him. And at some time, we'll call you back. But until then, thank you too.